We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yo, what's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Gutierrez here back again with another Game of the Week preview. We got the New York Knicks facing the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. They'll be out in OKC at the Paycom Center taking on Josh Giddy. You got SGA, Chet, uh, Jalen Williams, all them guys after having a fantastic win against the Milwaukee Bucks. But make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to support our sponsor, okay? Make sure to support our sponsor, uh, Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. And, and make sure to lock in, share these links to all those members. And joining me today to preview this game is none other than Jacob Niffin. He covers, he covers the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Blue Wire Network podcast itself, the uncontested. So let's get into all this. Let's get this game covered. Jacob, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling today? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm excited to be here. Uh, no problem, man. Thank you for joining the show today, and let's get it through. Uh, I hear a little bit of echo. Hold on. Is that you, Gamba, or, or is that you, Jacob? Okay, okay. There we go. There we go. So, okay. We're good. There, It was on my end. It was on my end. I'm hearing myself talk. It's throwing, throwing me a little off. But, Jacob, I'm glad that you're doing well. Thank you for once again for joining the show so that way we can cover this game. How are you feeling, man? How are you feeling today? How's your holiday season been? It's been good. It's been good. The Thunder have been on a homestand over the holiday break. So been able to go to a few games. Uh, the team has been awesome getting to join some time with some family. So it's been a good holiday season. I appreciate you asking. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, been enjoying it here on, on my end as well, but I'm ready to get back into, into basketball, man. Had a nice little break, had a nice little vacation, got to watch the Knicks get a fantastic win against the Bucks. but we got a tough matchup tonight against the, the Thunder. Give us a little thoughts about your Thunder of the season, man, because last year, you know, they were on the precipice of making the playoffs through, through the play-in season tournament. Now these guys, one of the top four teams in the Western Conference. What, do you, what has been your thoughts about the team so far? Yeah, they feel like they're ahead of schedule, right? They were projected by Vegas this season to be about a 43-44 win team. They're currently on, I think, a 56-game win pace, which would be insane. Last year, they beat their over-under by, I think, 17 games. They are on pace to do that again this season. If that happens, I mean, that's just absurd. This The second youngest team in the league, and they are not playing like it at all. It's been... Just a wonderful season where everything seems ahead of schedule. The expectations were low. They're blowing them out of the water. They're coming off a huge win against the West leading Minnesota Timberwolves last night. They won by, I think, 25 points. Chet Holmgren, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet a field day with the number one defense in the league. Really fun team. Tons of upside. Tons of room for growth. Uh, Their oldest starter is Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's a 25-year-old. I mean, the the sky is the limit for this team. It's been one of the the most fun seasons, I think, in Thunder basketball history since the team relocated to OKC. And we're not even at the halfway point. It's going to be a blast. And honestly, I think they're on their way 
to being a home court advantage team in the first round of the playoffs this season. Look at that. Such a major leap from where they were last season. Do you think is, is most of it just by getting Chet back? Or do you think that all these players like Giddy, Dort, Jalen Williams all take another level or is it all of it combined? It's probably all of it combined. Josh Giddy has actually struggled a little bit this season in comparison to his first two years. The fit hasn't been quite right, but adding Chet Holmgren and what he's been able to add to this team, especially in the rim protection department, that was the one thing this team really lacked last season. And I didn't think Chet's offense would be at this point this early. I thought this was season three, season four Chet that we're seeing right now, 26, 27 games in. He's been insane. Like, I know I'm a bit of a homer, but the rookie of the year conversation isn't even a conversation right mm. now. Like, it. I think if the if the votes happen today, it's a landslide. Chet might be a West All Star reserve this year. He's been that good. What he's added to this team just takes them to a completely different stratosphere. A world exists where three to four years from now. Chet is the best player on this team that has Shea Gilgis Alexander on it. Like he's wow. got that, that type of potential. And Shea's a top three MVP candidate this season. And Absolutely. Chet might be the best player on this team in three to four years. He's got that type of potential. He's been insane. I think he's a big reason. You also look at Jalen J. Dub Williams, the leap that he's made. Shea Gilgis Alexander has been incredible. Uh, another rookie who's been a little unsung, Cason Wallace out of the University of Kentucky just a defensive menace uh, plays about 20, 25 minutes a game is actually the leading minute getter off the bench for this team. He's been phenomenal. Just everything is, is hitting on the right cylinder right now. And I, I think it's just a combination of, of growth from everyone, but this team is, is definitely ahead of schedule so far. Okay. And you kind of, and you took the question I was going to ask about Chet Holmgren being rookie of the year. And you're saying landslide candidate. I mean, it's hard to disagree because, you know, you had the whole Wemby conversation, but what OKC is doing and Chet being part of that winning formula, it only makes sense why he should win rookie of the year. What are the, what are, what's the skill set that you see from Chet that makes him that tantalizing of a player? Well, where do you even begin? I mean, Alex, I'm, I'm going to make a statement. I made this statement on another podcast the other day. It's going to sound blasphemous. All right. But just, just bear with me for a moment. All right. Coming from somebody who's lived in Oklahoma City my whole life, I've watched this team since the relocation. Mm -hmm. Chet Holmgren and the way he plays offense and, and the moves he has and the way he gets to his spots looks like another seven-foot Thunder player who wore number 35. Oh. I'm, now, I'm not saying he's going to be Kevin Durant, right? Kevin Durant's going to be like top 10 player all time type of guy when it's all said and done. But when you watch Chet and you watch the moves and you watch the play style, there's a lot of KD in that offensive game. Will Chet ever average like 30 a season? Like, I, I don't know. That, that's a lofty goal. Is Chet ever going to be as efficient as KD was? Again, an insanely lofty goal. But when you look at the way he plays basketball on the offensive end, there's a lot of KD to his game. There's a lot of KD to his game. And that's not even touching the defensive side of the ball, which was what he was known for coming into the draft, coming out of high school, going through Gonzaga. Defensively, he's been an absolute menace. He can cycle between the four and the five. There was a two-game stretch the week before Christmas where he got 15 blocks in two games. I mean, just absolutely putting a lid on the basket. But offensively, I've just been completely blown away. A guy that's seven foot one should not be as fluid and have the ball skills and the footwork that this guy does. And this is all in his age 21 season. What happens mm -hmm. when this kid's 26, 27, 28 years old? What happens when he adds another 15 to 20 pounds? The, the sky is the limit for him. I mean, his all-around game is incredible. If you have to knock him on one thing, obviously it's the, the size and the strength. But you watch him. The Thunder, I think it was game three of the season, played against the Denver Nuggets and just got blitzed. They lost by like 30 points on their home court. And Chet was clearly outmatched by Nikola Jokic. Rewind about a week and a half ago, the Thunder went to Denver and won, and Chet had a phenomenal game. 
You go back earlier in the season, the Thunder played the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert had his way with Chet Holmgren. You go back to last night, Chet gave Rudy the business. I mean, it was like borderline embarrassing what he did to Rudy. Gave him like, uh, what was it, like 18 points on like 65% shooting, 50% from three. Uh, just absolutely cooked him. And the, the kid is just an absolute basketball junkie. He watches film like crazy. His development in these first 30 games of the season and, and the growth curve, like there is no rookie wall here. He plays a team, and then the second time he sees them, he is so much better against them because he knows tendencies. He knows what's what to expect. It's it's really hard to put into words like how impressive he has been as a rookie. Okay. That's some high praise for Chet, man. I'm looking forward to seeing this matchup tonight. Like I've been tuning in because we have another show, the NBA Report. And for those who don't know about that show, it's CP, uh, myself, and uh, we have, uh, it's especially today, Andrew Solve joining the show. So make sure to check that out at 3 p.m. to go catch us, just talk about the NBA. But but catching a few Thunder games here and there. And, you know, you mentioned it where you see Chet go up and Like, I feel like there's been some, like, up and down performances, even though he's been very good this season. Like, I forget who, who which game it was. I think it might have been against, um, I forget which game. It might have been against the Kings or maybe someone like that where he just had a poor shooting night. But yet, he's, defensively, he was still holding his own. Last thing I got to ask about Chet, um, do you do you see him, like, do you see, like, obviously he's going to be part of the core moving forward. So let me just rewind that back and let me change it up. What's the core moving forward for, for the Thunder? Because you have Chet and SGA. Who's the rest? This season, I think it's become clear to me that there's a big three for this team. That's Shea. Chet and Jalen J-Dub Williams. Um, I mentioned it earlier on. Josh Giddy struggled a bit this season. The fit just hasn't been quite right. Um, if you asked me this question 18 months ago, I would have told you, you know, no question about it. Josh Giddy is part of the core moving forward. I'm not as convinced of that now, but the way those other three fit together, uh, the the two-way versatility, the ability, I mean, Jalen Williams is 6'6", is the starting power forward for this team. He guarded LeBron James and Carl Anthony Towns, and then at other points in the game, guarded D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Like He slides up and down the board. They play him at all five positions defensively. Those three, I think, are your core three that should be the, the main three guys of this team for the next seven years. Josh Giddy, maybe he sticks around. Kaysen Wallace, I think, has a lot of potential, but more of a like fifth, sixth type of guy, role guy potential. But those three, just the, the sky is the limit for them. They're, the positions they play, the versatility they play with on both ends of the ball, I think those are the three dudes moving forward. Salute to Knicks Nation for everyone tuning in today. Hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. We got Jacob Neffin on the other side from the uncontested part of the Blue Wire Network. He covers the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're previewing the New York Knicks facing the Thunder tonight at 8 p.m. over in OKC. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. Okay, so there's your big three moving forward. You know, with so much promise for the OKC Thunder this season, right? And being a Knicks fan, watching it last year and watching the Knicks just like out of the blue go from what was supposed to be a playing team last year to them being a fifth seed in the playoffs. I can understand like the excitement about a team that was been struggling for the last few years, right? And now you're starting to work your way out. You're starting to look reputable again. And for the Thunder, it's just been a massive leap, right? And especially with them like having the youth that they have, the amount of draft picks, the capital you had after trading PG, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul to get all those to get all those draft picks, and then to also get SGA in that deal, especially for PG, right? What have you thought about Sam Presti's way about going to rebuild this team? Do you thought did you think it was like the right way to do it to like tanked whatever whatever? phrase that you want to use the amount of losing did you think it was the right way to go to where they are today that's a great question that has so many layers considering sam presti's history 
with this franchise and with his draft history, considering the the market size that the team is in, second smallest market in the league, I think the way they went about the rebuild was really the only way you could go about a rebuild in Oklahoma City and have the upside of it being successful. This team is not a free agent market at all. The, the biggest free agent they've ever signed is either Nerlens Noel out of Dallas or Patrick Patterson from Toronto. Like it is a very small free agent. They they never dip their toe in free agency because it, it's not what this market deems and it's not what this team deems. Sam Presti, obviously the guy who drafted KD, Russ, and Harden has a great track record in the draft. And I, whenever this first started, whenever they traded Russell Westbrook, the guy wrote an op-ed in the local newspaper about playing the empirical odds, which means gunning for ping pong balls. And where this team is at right now, it's kind of hard to argue that he went about it any way other than the right way. I think there's this narrative around just like casual fans in the league that the Thunder were on like this massive tank job for years and years. It was two seasons. They had the Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Dennis Schroeder season that ended in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Two seasons after that, where they bottomed out one year, they got the number six overall pick and got Josh Giddy. The next year they got the number two overall pick, got Chet Holmgren. And then the year after that, they're in the play in tournament. Two really bad seasons, but it was two seasons where they really bottomed out. And then now I can't tell you the next time they'll have a lottery pick unless like the an, an injury riddled season happens. Right. But they still have 17 first round picks between now and 2030. They have something like 26 second round picks between now and 2030. They can go out and make any trade in the world that they want. They can move up in, in future drafts. When you look at the development of the team, the talent that they acquired, the assets that they've acquired to make future moves, I mean, the rebuild fills textbook. Like, it, you, you look at it, and I wonder, like, how do Detroit fans not look at this and say, why didn't we do something like this? Why mm. couldn't we be the Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, so two years of bad basketball, really bad basketball. Trust me, covering post games for those, those two years was <laughs> a nightmare. Talk, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but having to post game about a loss where Xavier Simpson plays 42 minutes is, uh, is a challenge. Hey, well, but shout, shout out to our founder and CEO of Knicks fan TV, CP the franchise, uh, he had to do those things for like the 17 win season for the New York Knicks. You're talking about Kevin Knox, Frank Nilokina. So yeah. I, if he were here right now, he's probably tuning in somewhere. He's like, trust me, I understand that those type of pains too. Oh, yeah. Cover the Knicks, man, for quite some time. It's tough. It is it yeah. was rough, rough sweating. Yeah. But only two years of that. And then now we're at a team that's 19 and nine, third in the West. And the road in front of them uh looks limitless so the rebuild i think they went about it the exact way they should have and i don't know how you argue anything other than it's been a resounding success i think the reason i have to ask is because there's a contingent of knicks fans who are there's always a debate of like how especially around this team how should they've gone and like how should they rebuild and do like a full complete rebuild where you just draft young players watch them develop and, and see what happens and usually it's the Thunder, you will get the Kings, teams like that that have really been, I'm not saying OKC has been tanking, like you talked about, it's only two years that you really had horrible seasons, but you'll get a team like the Kings who has Fox, you know, they trade Halliburton to get Sabonis and stuff of that nature, and you're wondering, like, what's the right way to actually build a team? And you can even, you know, cite Philadelphia for being, I guess, that tanking team, right? Because that's where they really brought the terminology out. Uh, you talk about Sam Hinkie over there when he was running that organization. And you think, oh, well, you, you bottom out, you get some top players through the draft, hopefully, if you if you hit on them. And then you start moving in the right direction, as you see, like OKC does. And you have this young team that can potentially grow together and, and you're set, right? Especially when you're under, you think about the cap structure, right? You want to have a lot of those rookie contracts. 
you know, as a Knicks fan, I look at it as like it, it's tough to execute, especially in a play, place like New York, just because one, they've been bad for so long. How much more losing could we lose over two decades where it's like it's been, you know, utter mess of basketball. So how much more time could you actually wait until you to go through a process like that where you just watch like we watch a 17 win season, you know, with Kevin Knox being like a guy that was supposed to show promise and hopefully you, you had KP and, you know, being the whole lottery for, for Zion, we get RJ, you know, who has his division amongst the fan base showing up, right? He has some good games. He'll have some bad games. The highs are very high and the lows are very low, but he shows up. But the thought was like, well, you could have had somebody else, right? You think about like everybody else. And, and from that point, I'm like, is tanking really the right way to go? And so that's why I had to ask because, Sam Presti is usually on the, you know, gets a lot of applause from everyone around, like for how savvy and how he, how he navigated the, the, the rebuild of the OKC Thunder. And now it's like you go from having Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Now you got SGA, you got uh, Chet, you got Jalen Williams, you got all these guys on that roster. And it's like, how is he able to do it again? So I, I just had to get, I just had to get another opinion, even though I don't necessarily agree with that route and I think it's like I said it's difficult in New York when you've lost for so many times and I'm happy where the team is now like great free agent signing with Jalen Brunson to take him away from Dallas you got to give kudos for being for Julius Randle for being another good free agent signing right because he was looking like a role player out in New Orleans now you're talking about a two-time all-NBA player two-time all-star and he's on track to do that again for a third season and you look at this team and it's like throughout the last four years for a team that had three stints in the playoffs with Carmelo Anthony here. And then it was just losing after that, especially under the Phil Jackson era. The fact that this team is now should be thir three seasons in the last four years in the playoffs. It's a big accomplishment for also a young team that's looking to make some, make a name for itself in the NBA. So just had to ask and get your thoughts on that. But I want to know what, do you, what have your thoughts been about the New York Knicks and how they've rebuilt so far up until this point? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like market size plays such a role in how you go about a rebuild. The Jalen Brunson signing, I mean, you talk about a home run, right? To get him out of Dallas and up to New York. I think, so our podcast every year preseason, we do uh, basically our, our podcast that previews the season, we make bets against each other. And one of my bets this year was that the Knicks could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm. Like I thought, now... Just for the record, we did this these bets uh, before the Dame trade. So just putting <laughs> that out there. But I, I love what the Knicks have done, right? And they, it feels like they have an identity, mm -hmm. right? The, the Mitchell Robinson injury obviously really sucks for you guys because the type of season he was having, the impact he was having. But Isaiah Hartenstein, still really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, Julius Randle really, really good. Like you could slide him up to the five and give him, I know, I think they've done that a little bit recently. Maybe give times. him some minutes it's not, at the It's not his favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, you mentioned like there's some guys that have, you know, their ups and downs. I thought the Josh Hart signing or the Josh Hart trade last season, like you took, when you want to talk about identity, right? Like he, to me, he fits exactly what the New York Knicks are trying to do. Again, this is an outsider's perspective, right? But there's a lot of teams that you see that just throw stuff together and try to see what works. And that might have been the Knicks for a few years as well. But there's clearly this, this identity, this style of play that they are building towards. And these dudes that are two-way guys who are tough as nails, uh, who are willing to do the dirty work. And when you, when you get that identity and you start to build around that identity and build a culture, you see success. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing from the Knicks in the past few seasons. And I don't see any reason for that to stop moving forward because you finally have this, this direction. Everyone's rowing in the same direction. Everyone's going towards the same place. And I, I feel like it's been really successful. The Knicks have been awesome this season. I'm For the Thunder, I'm nervous about this game tonight just because of this toughest shit mentality that the Knicks have, you know, and that's mm -hmm. for a really, really young team like the Thunder. Sometimes that's difficult when a team just comes in and repeatedly punches you in the mouth. Like, how do you respond? And I feel like that's kind of how the Knicks play basketball. 
For sure. Absolutely. And, and you know, that part of that comes from the head coach because that's the identity he's brought, especially since he was part of this team in the 90s, right? Talk about the Van Gundy days. I'm talking about another than Tom Thibodeau himself. He has helped create that identity. But I want to talk about your head coach before we get into the matchups. Mar I, I'm going to butcher his name. Is it's Mark Dignault? Is that is that how you Mark Dignault. Dignault. Yeah. Dignault. There we go. Mark Dignault. You know, he's create an identity for the OKC Thunder. Can you give me a little bit of insight of what he's done for this team? Yeah, for sure. The, the story of Mark is incredible. He was an assistant at the University of Florida, actually got hired over to Oklahoma City before Billy Donovan did, whenever Billy Donovan came over as head coach. Mark was an assistant with the Thunder, kind of like an analyst, coached the G League team for the Thunder for a couple of seasons, came up, was an assistant with the team on the bench, and then got the head coaching job the most like unknown head coach probably in the NBA. Like if you put him in a lineup, nobody would be able to pick him out, but he's been incredible. He, he's got an incredibly sharp basketball mind. The thunder have given him room to develop and grow just like they do with their young players coming up through that G league program. And you mentioned the identity they play with. Mark has really instilled that in this team, even in those tanking years. And I think you are really starting to see that pay dividends now. They play this kind of five-out attacking offense. The defense has, I mean, they're like sixth in defense in the league right now, which kind of blows me away considering their oldest starter is 25. Maybe their most impactful defender is a 21-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's just instilled this, this identity of, if you ever listen to a press conference of Mark Dagnall or any of the players, they'll always tell you uh, every day they start zero and zero. Previous game, previous five games, previous 10 games, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that you beat Minnesota by 25 last night or you lost by 15 to the Lakers the game before. It's a zero and zero mentality every day. And they say they want to come in, they want to stack days. We just need to stack days, right? Build a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then by the end of the season, you've built a lot. And it's just this this hard hat, blue collar, head down, working forward type of mentality that you can really see that they've adopted. Like the team has really bought into the culture of, of what they are trying to build. And it has really, really paid off. I've been completely blown away by by the coaching job. Now there's a, a very stark difference between coaching a really young tanking team who's trying to find its feet versus coaching a playoff team. And it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to that as we move forward. But so far, the development of the team and of the individuals has has been incredible. And I think that's a testament to the culture that he's built. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing OKC in the playoffs and see how he adapts because... Look, uh, like as you said, it's easy. It's different coaching a young tanking team, right? It's different to then now instill an identity. You have a culture, and now things matter, right? It's yeah. now like in this year, it's going to be different, right? Like first year, you get some playoff experience, and you know fan bases, you can be like, okay, it's it's first year. Let's see what you do next year, and then it's the next year, and then after that, what changes have you made? How do you coach? Like how do you change for in-game situations, right? And that's kind of the pushback Tom Thibodeau gets from this fan base too, where it's like, all right, he outcoached JB Bickerstaff and you know the Knicks bullied the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs last year. A little bit of a challenge against the Miami Heat in the second round. And that's kind of where for me as a as someone who covers his team and watches every single game, like all right, let's see this playoff series. And like, it's obviously good to depend on matchup. Like if you play a healthy Celtics, same healthy Bucks team, that's going to be tough to beat in a seven game series and asking to make adjustments is, it's not too much to ask for, but expecting just because you make those adjustments to outbeat talent is one thing, but we'll see. We're not there yet, but that's definitely like a way how you got to evaluate the coach. But once again, salute to Knicks nation for everyone tuning in for another game of the week preview on the other side is Jacob Neffin. He the Oklahoma City Thunder on the podcast, the uncontested part of the Blue Wire Network. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the links to all these videos and make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code to get up to a $100 match by using KFTV. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about our sponsor right now before we get into the matchups. 
Guys, I love using Underdog Fantasy. It's an easy app to use, easy platform to use. When I'm watching the game, it just makes it that much more interesting because you have a little, you know, you want to make it a little fun, man. You know, as you're watching the game, you're like, hey, let me put a little money down. Let me, let me see if I can earn something tonight because I watch enough basketball. You know, I should know how the outcomes are going to be, right? And so for tonight's game, uh, you know, obviously between the Knicks and the Thunder, I had to I have to use my expertise and see, see where I'm going. And, and look, the app is simple. You got it. You choose higher or lower on any of the statistical categories, points, rebounds, assists, maybe it's a combo of all three, free throws made, free throws attempted, three-pointers made, three-pointers attempted. They got all those stats here on Underdog Fantasy, and it's just fun to use and get to use your knowledge. And so this is where I went tonight uh, for my picks between the Thunder and the Knicks. First one I chose is Jalen Brunson for a higher then 26 and a half points. We saw the masterclass performance that he had against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm expecting him to continue his hot streak against the OKC Thunder, even with their good defense. I'm expecting Brunson to still get to his spots because that's how just what he's shown. Even against the tough Miami Heat defense, as we've seen last season in the playoffs, he could still drop 40. I feel like Brunson's trying to make a statement for himself. For himself, even with all this noise about Derek White being an all-star, he's got to seclude, he's got to secure that spot. So I'm going with Jalen Brunson for more than 26 and a half points. I'm going with Julius Randle for higher than 25 points tonight because look, Jalen Williams, uh, a phenomenal player, but for Randle, you know how he's a bully in the paint. I'm going with him for more than 25 points. I'm then going with Jalen Williams, lower than 24 and a half points, rebounds, assists. Is it because of the scoring? No, it's more so because of the rebounding, because how good of a rebounder Julius Randle is on the defensive on the defensive glass. And on top of that, he's going to have to guard Randle. And if you're guarding your opponent, usually you're not typically getting the rebounds like that because you're making sure he doesn't score. So that's what I'm going with him for lower than 24 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I'm then taking Isaiah Hartenstein for higher than half double doubles. I think this is tonight, guys. I think it's tonight. I want to get a little spicy. You get some extra payout. If you choose a spicy one, and I'm going with Isaiah Hartenstein, he's a solid scorer. You know that Florida game is legit. He battles in the paint to get some putbacks and just been rebounding, man. He's been rebounding so well for this next team while Mitchell Robinson is out. And I, then I'm choosing Chet Holmgren for lower than 18 and a half points tonight. I don't know. There's something that, you know, I know Jacob's going to probably push back on that selection. I know he's probably going to be like, what are you thinking, man? This guy can go off. He just saw what you did to Rudy Gobert. Why are you even choosing lower than that? Look, man, He, as you said, it's always on the second game. You count, it comes bouncing back. I'm expecting Chet to try to feel out Isaiah Hartenstein tonight, see where he's at in the matchup, and then go in that direction for the next time the Knicks play uh, the Thunder. But that's my picks for tonight. Make sure to use that promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match when you, use, when you play Underdog Fantasy. All right. All right, guys. There we go. There we go. That's our sponsor for today. Also, salute to Robert Morrow for being a franchise channel member. Salute to all the franchise channel members in here. JJ, I see you in here. Shout out to all, shout out to Gotcha Open. Shout out to Shaid. Shout out to Brian Orante. Shout out to all. Shout out to Flizzy Flex. Shout out to all you. Shout out to my two cents. Shout out to all of you for being part of the franchise channel member uh, class and for tuning in today. And salute to Next Nation once again. All right. All right, Jacob. I know you. I know you don't like the. I know you don't like the Chet points. Uh, points. But hey, I ha I had to go in that direction tonight, man. I had to go into that direction tonight. So let's get into the matchup, and so that way I can hear your response to to that selection. There's three areas for the Knicks and Thunder I'm looking at in this matchup, man. That should go. That's going to bounce back between the Knicks and the Thunder's favor. First one I'm going to talk about is the Thunder, uh, ranking 27th on the season and allowing opponents getting second chance opportunities. That's one of the Knicks strengths, man, is getting second chance opportunities. Um, over the last eight games without Mitch, they're 25th, but they're still seventh on the season. And we still have a good player on this team, Julius Randle, who last time I checked was in the top 10 when it comes to second chance uh, scoring. What are your thoughts about the Knicks making that an advantage against the Thunder tonight? I think that's spot on. The one place the Thunder have really struggled this season is on the glass. It's gotten better as the season's gone on. Earlier in the, in the season, offensive rebounds were a massive, massive problem. I think that is a place where they have grown this season. But just the makeup of the team and the lineups that they like to run, 
you are sacrificing rebounds. And they try to gang rebound. Uh, they get their guards in there to rebound frequently. Uh, there's a lot of rebounds where when the Thunder do get them, it's like a, a three or four tap rebound until somebody secures it. Julius Randle and Isaiah Hartenstein have a chance to really dominate the glass tonight. And I think you're spot on. And that's that's one of the major swing factors of the game tonight is can the Knicks punish the Thunder on the offensive glass and get second chance points? I think that's very fair. Yeah, I think like that's where I'm looking at. like, And that's, you know, I look at Julius Randle as being the lead for that because even if it's not him necessarily getting the rebound and you're getting second chance opportunities, he's usually the one in the paint just cleaning up. And so that's why I'm looking at the Knicks being able to get that advantage just because I look at Chet and I think, you know, Chet, awesome right now, still 21 as you talked about, not in his prime, but have an impressive season, but still got to add a little bit of muscle, man. There's a, there's something that to, to muscle where Julius Randle being a physical player and we see him like how he's attacked Giannis in some games. Uh, like he, he not necessarily said he's defeating LeBron, but just challenged LeBron with his strength too. As good as Chet is, if you don't have the strength to, to combat somebody like Julius Randle, that's still going to be uh, somewhat of a disadvantage. Um, another way, another thing that I think will be in the Thunder's uh, favor, something where they will beat the Knicks, even though the Knicks are good at protecting the Rock. Thunder are first in points off of turnovers. They like to get out there and, and start scoring in bunches, especially with their speed. Knicks, on the other hand, like they're not bad. They're twelfth, like so they can throw that right back at the Thunder. But Thunder on another level this season. I think that's something in the Thunder's favor. What do you think about that? Definitely. So, the Thunder love to play small. Like tonight, this is going to sound crazy, okay? But this is what the Thunder does tonight. Whenever they sub off Chet Holmgren, chances are they're bringing in six six Kenrich Williams to play center. Wow. They're going to play Kenrich Williams and Jalen J.W. Will- Jalen J.W. Will- we have three Williams on this team. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. My my dream is that they draft J.W.'s younger brother in this coming draft, and we have four Williams, and just confuse the hell out of everybody. They're going to play J.W. and Kenrich Williams minutes at the five tonight. You may see the other Jalen Williams, J. Will, also get minutes at the five. He's like 6'9", 6'10". But last night, they used 6'6", Kenrich Williams to guard Carl Anthony Towns. The Thunder mm-hmm. are going to play small. And the reason they do that is they're going to combat size and strength with quickness and speed. They forced the Timberwolves into like 25 turnovers last night and just got on the break and ran and scored. Sprayed out to, to guys in the corner for open shots on the break. In basketball, there's give and take, Right. The Thunder are giving up that size and that interior presence in the rebounding. The take is they're going to swarm. They're going to force erratic passes, try to pick those passes off. Shea Gilgis-Alexander leads the league in steals, and it's not close. Like, he's got like 25 more steals than the second-place person in the league. It's He's averaging like three steals a game. They're going to poke at the ball. They're going to swarm guys in the paint. They're going to try to force erratic, kick out, steal the ball, and really push and transition to counter that big lineup from the Knicks. So it, it's kind of this challenge of, of play styles, right? And see which one works out. Is the bully ball inside going to be more successful or is the swarming chaotic defense that gets out and run going to be more successful? Um, but that's where the Thunder are going to try to make their bread and butter at. Okay. And, and this is where I'm going to see, because sometimes the Knicks, it's up and down at times when it comes to, transition defense like i'll say that they're overall they're solid but it's when it happens in bunches man and when you got somebody like sga who who's you know as you said leading in steals and looking to always push the break that gets tiring man and especially for that first unit i'm more curious than the set than the bench unit the bench unit likes to play at a fast pace set starters man that like to really work the half court and that's that's where i'm looking at to see if that will play to the thunder's favor against the knicks Hopefully the Knicks are on their A game when it comes to transition defense today, but we'll we'll see how that play out, plays out. The last statistical category I'm going at, and both these teams are good at this, man. Um, and the Knicks have just only improved as the season gone on. And, and this is just because Randall and Brunson had a terrible start to the season where their bread and butter is 15 feet in. 
Thunder are really good at scoring in the paint. They're a top mm-hmm. 10 team. They're seventh right now. Look at the stats right now. They're seventh when it comes to scoring in the paint. Knicks have worked their way out of the basement. They're starting to climb back up to where they are right now. They're 21st, but they were 27th, 28th not too long ago, which is uncharacteristic for them because they like to work the paint. But, hey, when Brunson and Randall aren't hitting their shots and they're going like they're taking 20 attempts and most of them are inside and you can't even get Mitchell Robinson when he was healthy, lobs because they already know what's going to happen. Numbers aren't going to be into your favor, but the Knicks are starting to climb back up and get to their their normal place. This is where I, this is where I'm curious because when you start looking at opponents' points in the paints and who's guarding well, the Thunder and Knicks are right up there, man. When it comes to guarding the paint, Thunder are third right now in the league with allowing the fewest points scored in the paint, and the Knicks are right there at seventh. This I feel like is going to be the turning point for both of these teams. Whoever can establish that dominance in the paint. I feel like we'll be the victor tonight. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's also very fair. The A lot of that for the Thunder comes from Chet Holmgren and the weak side rim protection. Uh, I I don't know what the stat would say for last year, but the Thunder wouldn't be nearly that high. The rim protection from Chet has been massive on that end of the floor. And again, they the Thunder swarm whenever the ball gets into the paint. So not only is it Chet's rim protection, but... It's Shea and Dort and J-Dub digging at post-ups and and doubling down and trying to force the ball out of the hands of those guys who are in the paint. They're going to throw different defensive looks. They'll play man. They'll switch it up to zone. Uh, They've been playing actually a lot more zone recently. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Kind of play that zone to pack the paint and force the ball out to the perimeter. But yeah, and then on the other end, the Thunder aren't scoring in the paint in your traditional... Let's throw the ball down there and have somebody uh, post up and hit a little turnaround baby hook. The scoring in the paint is drives by guards and layups. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander is just going to work the hell out of that midi pull-up. I mean, he'll he'll take 10 to 15 free throw line jumpers tonight because that's his game. And he's really freaking good at it. Like last night, again, they played against the Timberwolves. Jaden McDaniels had the Shea matchup with Rudy Gobert helping in the lane. Shea shot 14 of 16 inside the three-point line last night Ooh. against Rudy Gobert and Jaden McDaniels. I mean, just worked him like a drum. If Shea has a night where he gets going again, I mean, that that paint scoring is going to be where he makes his living. So that, that push and pull effect on both sides, yeah, I think that's going to be massive. And again, it's it's size and driving ability for the Knicks versus drive, kick, drive, kick, drive, kick for the Thunder. And then both sides are going to really pack the paint and try to prevent the other team from getting what they want. And so I I think that's going to play a massive role. And can somebody get hot from outside to loosen up that defense to open up that lane even more? Yeah, that's a good question. You're talking, look, both these teams are good three-point shooting teams. Thunder much better than uh, the Knicks right now. Thunder are shooting 38.6%. Uh, from downtown, their second best three-point shooting team in the league right now. And then you have the Knicks, who are 10th right now. They're shooting 37.6, so not far off in percentage-wise, but it's going to come down to, and I don't know, you can you can tell me this. Are the Thunder an inconsistent three-point? Like their percentage is high, right? But is it because they have like high highs and some low lows? Because outside of Jalen Brunson, Dante, who can shoot really well from three, you know, quickly is a good three-point shooter as well. RJ was hot at the beginning of the season. Like, it's really who's getting hot tonight for everybody else. And sometimes that will just throw off. Like, there'll be nice where you see 27, 30% from the Knicks. Another night, you'll see 40%. You're like, this is the swing where you get that 38 or 37.6% for the Knicks. Is that the same for the Thunder? I, w- I would say so, yeah. And what's interesting with the Thunder is their best three-point shooter, Isaiah Joe, has been relatively cold for the past 10 to 15 games. Yet the percentage is still for the team has still been really good because other guys have stepped up because of the the offensive process is generating open threes. And one another thing that I think is really interesting about this game tonight, Alex, the two biggest plus minus darlings off the bench match up against each other and quickly and Isaiah Joe. Those two, anytime you filter by plus minus on the bench. It is Isaiah Joe, Emmanuel Quickly, and then a gulf 
between the rest of the league. <laughs> and so I think that the two guys, the two gunners off the bench is going to be another incredibly fun matchup to monitor tonight. You're you're getting ahead of me, Jacob. You're getting ahead of me. That's uh -oh, another that's another, that's another topic. But I gotta go with spoiler, the key matchup spoiler. first. Yeah, we will go with the key matchup first. My key matchup for tonight, because you talk about scoring in the paint from the guard from the guard perspective. Well, we got somebody like that in Jalen Brunson too, and that's oh, yeah. why my key matchup tonight is Jalen Brunson going against SGA tonight. All right, that's underdog fantasy's game of the week key matchup. Last ten games, you have Brunson scoring twenty eight points. He's got four rebounds. He got six assists, shooting 50% from the field, 42% from downtown, shooting 77 from the free throw line. He got SGA averaging close to 32 points, five getting close to six rebounds. He's averaging seven assists on the on the seat uh, through these last 10 games, shooting over 50% as well from the field. Three-point percentage could be better. He's shooting a, a, a abysmal 22%, but the free mm -hmm. throw shooting, man, 88% right there. These two guys, you talk about. Guards getting downhill, scoring in the paint 15 feet in, getting your layups, whatnot, being crafty, footwork, the extraordinaires of everything about that. This is that, this is that matchup. I'm looking forward to this matchup because these are the two guys who are the catalysts, right? This is the engine for both teams. It starts with the point guard, and it's probably gonna end with the point guard too when it comes down to the clutch time. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Jacob, what do you think about this key matchup tonight? One one hundred percent. Now, I don't think they'll guard each other much. Oh, not at all. Uh, <laughs> not <yeah>. at all. <laughs> but I think both of them, obviously, Brunson's outside shot is a huge factor for the Thunder. Um, you mentioned Shea's statistics. Shea's never been a great three-point shooter. He shot a lot of them recently, which is kind of surprising because I think on the season, he averages like between three and four a game. And the past few games, he, his average is probably closer to six. He's been shooting a lot of them, hasn't been making them. He's going to try to live free throw line and below. I think Brunson's ability to kind of pull Lou Dort out of the paint, make him guard in the perimeter, and then attack off pick and roll screens and, and try to get downhill, but then also be able to come off that screen and, and do a off-the-dribble pull-up three. It's going to make life really hard for the Thunder. But yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think the team goes as these two guys go tonight. Absolutely, for sure. You know, there's other matches we got to talk about as well, but this is the this is the marquee matchup tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Shout out to uh, franchise channel member uh, Whitaker Wright. He said, I'm so excited for the SGA versus the Brunson Burner matchup. I am too. He's throwing fire emojis because we already know that that's going to be the show. This game should have been a primetime game, man. TNT worthy because you got these two legit guards who are about to battle. I mean, they even saw each other in uh, in the FIBA World Cup, but that's another yep. story. Um, other important matchups, Julius Randle versus Jalen Williams. You know, that matchup's going to be interesting. Uh, Julius Randle just, he's a freight train, man. That strength. And he's playing the way that he we've wanted to see him play, which is just get downhill, use his strength, bully guys in the paint. You know, last year was more of a mid-range jumper, shot a lot of threes, made a lot of threes, shot about 34%, not the most efficient three-point shooter, but changed his game before that. A guy who was using the mid-range jumper more so than necessarily attacking the paint. Uh, I would say, well, what was it, four seasons ago, the first time the Knicks played the playoffs with him, and he was the he was the engine. This is the way we wanted to see him play. He's just bullying people now. Straight up bully ball. I love to see it because when he gets into that mindset, when he's the aggressor, it's a tough guy to cover. And for Jalen Williams, I don't think, like, there's very few guys who can keep up with that type of strength. I think this is going to tilt in Randall's favor. But I know Jalen Williams is a solid defender, too. What do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I think the Thunder are going to live with J-Dub on uh, Julius Randall. You'll probably see some Kenrich Williams on Julius Randall as well. Um, Kenrich Williams is kind of the Thunder's do-it-all guy off the bench. Uh, kind of similar to Josh Hart in a lot of ways, just the style of play. They're going to live with those two guys. Again, like I said earlier, the, the Thunder will probably go small tonight and have their biggest guy on the court be like a 6'6 wing because that's just the style of basketball that they play. So it's going to be interesting in how much can Randall bully those guys on one end versus how much can those guys space Randall out and get him out of sorts defensively on the other end. Like we said earlier, there's that give and take. And so I think that's where the Knicks like advantage really lies is in that super physical, super aggressive bully ball. 
there's games where the Thunder definitely live up to that challenge and play really good physical defense. And there's games where they get pushed around a little bit because they're not used to that level of physicality because they're all freaking 22-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So that that dichotomy right there is going to be an interesting thing to monitor tonight. I think if the Knicks are very clearly the more physical team tonight, they probably get the win. Okay. And then, uh, you know, another matchup I'm looking at. I mean, I'm going to go look at Isaiah Hartenstein and Chet Holgram. That's, for me, I'm looking to see how iHeart responds to this, um, to this matchup because... Honestly, this is where a swing factor comes in. If you know you just allow Chet who can shoot outside and, and just get to any position you want, this is going to be where he averages more than 18 and a half. Like, I, you know, I chose the lower on. But if iHeart's actually locked in, and as we saw him against, you know, the Lakers, it's tough. He, he could be a tough matchup at times. But I know Chet, I know Chet can, can, can work too. This is a match I'm kind of, I'm, this, this is where I'm on the fence on. What do you think about this matchup right here? Yeah. So, Again, I think physicality comes in massively here. Hartenstein on the offensive glass, getting down low. On the other end, like last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Thunder didn't just let Rudy Gobert hang out in the paint. Like They had Chet be the ball handler in pick and rolls to get him out of sorts. They would um, run dribble handoffs where instead of the center is handing the ball off to the guard, the guard is handing the ball off to the center. They're going to use Chet all over the floor, spot ups, pick and pops, pick and rolls, ball handler in the pick and roll, uh, cutter. They're going to put him all over the floor to try to make Hartenstein step out of his defensive comfort zone and defend all sorts of different actions. And I think Chet's biggest mismatch ability is not the ability to step out and shoot the three. Mm. It is the ability to step out, catch the ball at the three-point line, and when his defender closes out to defend him, his ability to put the ball on the ground and play make for himself, attacking downhill. He's got this nasty, like, Dirk-esque fadeaway uh, with the one-legged shot. You've probably seen the clip. It went went kind of viral online. The -the off-the-glass to himself, the up-and-under moves. It's kind of absurd, like the bag this kid has. They're going to try to make Hartenstein guard in tons of different positions and tons of different spots on the floor to get him uncomfortable and to get him out of his comfort zone. On the other end, Hartenstein's just going to try to bully Chet into the basket. And that's the one place where Chet has struggled is with that strength and size and physicality for as incredible as he is. He's still only like 205, 210. It's light Um, for his size. Yeah. So he's, he's pretty frail but the kid's got the dog in him. Like he's not going to back down from that fight, even though he'll probably lose it. That that's, that's the thing. It's like sometimes, but even sometimes when you have that mentality, like you're not going to back down from a fight that can play to your favor. A few other players I got, you know, mentioned like we got obviously Giddy and we got, uh, you know, you got Dante who I think I'm looking at Giddy probably guarding Brunson tonight. I'm looking at Dante guarding SGA. Make whatever you want of that, but I don't really see, either one really working out too well in either one's favor (laughs) for sure for sure and josh giddy is not going to score a ton of points he's going to try to move the ball he's going to try to crash the glass i think josh just like what dante's going to (laughs) do yeah i think josh giddy is going to be a big factor in the level of physicality for the thunder because josh giddy's the second second biggest guy the thunder will have on the court for most of the night that's crazy to think about. For Dante, it's more so like he's going to move the rock around. He's going to be that, you know, secondary uh, initiator for the offense. But it's all, is he going to be hot from three? That's going to be the difference. He'll crash the glass as well. Solid rebounder for, for a two guard. But it's all, is his three-point shooting going to fall tonight? And he's been doing a good job at shooting three. That's going to be the other guy who's going to see if we can tilt this game to our favor. But once again, salute to Knicks Nation for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. I'm joined by Jacob Niffin, who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Uncontested Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. Okay. Let's cover the last section of this of the of this uh, preview, bench matchup, X factor, and then we're going to wrap up here. So we'll start with that bench matchup, Jacob. You 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 beat me to the punch. It's IQ versus Isaiah Joe. This is the matchup. You talk about 
Who's going to score in bunches? I'm actually looking forward to this matchup, just like the SGA Brunson matchup, because these two guys, man, microwave scores off the bench, um, really living up to the six man role for each other, each team. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Yeah, th this one is going to be a really fun one. Like you said, two gunners. Isaiah Joe's been a little cold recently from three, but he can heat up in a hurry. I think for the first 15 games, he averaged like 55% from three, just something absurd. Couldn't miss. Like the dude was hitting everything. If he can hit a few shots. And the thing with Isaiah Joe that I think a lot of people who don't cover the Thunder don't realize he does so much for this team. Not only is he like their best three-point shooter, he's a really underrated defender. Uh, he's a great ball mover. He he just he does a little bit of everything for them. He's developed so much from just a three-point shooter to just a good basketball player. And to think that the Thunder got this guy for free off the waiver wire because Philly cut him is insane. He's been a really big part of what they want to do. You're going to see lineups tonight where it's the starting five, but instead of Josh Giddy, it's Isaiah Joe for the floor spacing. And they trust him to guard this, the team's second best perimeter player. And so you'll see that from Joe from time to time tonight. He's been really good. Obviously, Emmanuel quickly has been phenomenal. I, I, I think probably deserves more minutes than what he's getting. It's going to be sure. a super fun matchup between these two benches with those two guys leading the helm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for quickly, like we saw what he did last season when he starts, he could average 20 points as a starter. Uh, that's the question. He didn't get that extension this season. I'm curious to see how this off, this upcoming offseason goes because he'll be a restricted free agent. There will be a few teams that need a point guard and what quickly could step up, step up to the challenge. Definitely deserving of more minutes. However, that is the case when you have a plethora of guards in your rotation between Grimes, Quickly, Dante, Josh Hart. You know, you could throw RJ into that mix too. And then, you know, you're going to have Brunson who's soaking the bulk of those minutes playing point guard. This is just, you know, he, after last season, you would think you want to give him a, a larger role and say, but I also understand where they, why they went in the Dante DiVincenzo signing. But this is, I wish he would get more minutes. They're nice where he does, but his two-way versatility, man, he, he played he, one of the very few two-way players out there that lives and lives up to a, like defensively. This kid didn't come in as a defender. Second year, you know, he's fighting around screens. He's chasing. He's doing everything solid in isolation, defensively, and then offensively, depending on the night. More often than not, he can he can score, uh, especially from downtown, and get so and get those points in bunches. This is a guy that can just go off. You can take that NBA 2K token microwave score and put it next to Emmanuel quickly permanently because that's that type of guy. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be a good matchup. Whoever gets hot tonight for the bench, that'll be interesting. Uh, and then you know, you got we got Josh Hart on our side. Um, Taj Gibson making back his return, getting a return to the New York Knicks. So we'll see how much time he gets tonight. But it's Josh Hart, Manuel quickly. You got Quinton Grimes, who got uh, who's now been moved to the bench in, in favor of Dante in the starting guard rotation. But it's going to be Emmanuel quickly all the way for for the New York Knicks, man. Um, I'm going to go to my X factor though. I didn't talk about him in the starting rotation, but this is where it's going to swing for me, man. This is where it's going to swing. RJ Barrett. The man has been up and down since he came back from the migraine issue. You know, he's had some solid games. He's had some bad games. But this is the, this in order for the Knicks to really get it going tonight, especially for a team that loves to get going downhill, such as the New York Knicks, it's all, it's all going to come down to, is RJ Barrett feeling it tonight? And will he be efficient doing so? You know, he scored 21 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. Very efficient night, 8 of 14. But then you see him go 5 of 17 tonight. Probably only get you 13 points. 5 of 11 against the Brooklyn Nets. 3 of 10 against the Lakers. You know, then you go to the Clippers. He had a fine, efficient night, 7 for 15. 6 of 10 against the Suns. If he understands when to drive and kick and know, like, how to be efficient, like, choosing the right matchups, right? Getting the proper switches and getting downhill. RJ will, will thrive tonight, but he's my X factor tonight, man, because he can swing a matchup. If you have him playing well, Knicks are clicking, right? All big three clicking should be a good win for the Knicks. If he's not, it's going to be a closer matchup than we think. So uh, it's going to be a closer matchup. I should say than as expected. That's where I'm going tonight for my X factor. Who would be your X factor for the Oklahoma city thunder? I think yours is a good one. Um, I think Shay, We'll get the RJ Barrett matchup tonight, just for the record. Hmm. Two team team Canada. Not Lou Dort? 
Oh, Lou Dort will be on Jalen Brunson. Okay. I I I bet they will match Lou Dort's minutes whenever Jalen gets off the bench to come check in. Lou Dort will go check in. Okay. The Thunder will probably match those um, very closely, I would assume. So I think Shea will get the RJ matchup. Shea's been like sneakily, like a really, really, really good defender this year. And those two know each other really well. So I think that's going to be really fun. My X factor, I'm going to go with J-Dub, Jalen Williams. Mm. We mentioned the size mismatch with Julius Randle defensively. Jalen Williams last night had an insane game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, shot the ball really, really well on the season. He's average. He's the second leading scorer on this team, uh, 17.6 points a game, 51% from three or sorry, 51% from the field, 38% from three. He is the guy, the Thunder like to stagger their starting lineup. And when Shea comes off the floor, J-Dub is the guy who will come on and initiate the offense. He'll effectively play point guard for the bench unit. Probably from the start of the second quarter till about the six-minute mark. Same thing in the fourth quarter. They love to put the ball in this kid's hands and let him get to work. If the three ball is going, and if he can get to his left, I promise you, if you could steal a copy of the Knicks scouting report tonight, the headline that says Jalen Williams, the very first bullet point bolded and underlined, says, don't let him go left. If he gets mm. left, you are cooked. The midi off the off the dribble going left, the driving to the basket going left, he is a menace when he gets to his left hand. If the three-point shot goes in for J-Dub and he can get to his left against the Knicks, he's going to have a good night, and I think that's going to be the swing skill for OKC. Okay, and there you have it. There's your X-Factor. So, Jacob, wrapping it up, how do you think this game's going to go? I think it's going to be a close one. The Thunder are playing on the second night of a back-to-back. That's a big factor, especially for a young team. Although no travel, they've, they're playing both the back to uh, both ends of the back-to-back at home. Knicks haven't played since Christmas. Yep. Traveling down to Oklahoma City after playing Milwaukee. There's a lot of similarities in these two teams. We mentioned uh, Brunson and SGA. We mentioned off the bench, Isaiah and IQ. You also have Hart and Kenrich Williams, who are very similar. I think it's going to be a close one. That's going to be a very physically imposing game. I think the Knicks are just naturally physical. I think the Thunder are going to try to match that physicality. I don't foresee like a blowout either way. If this game is a five, six point game coming down with three minutes left and we get a Brunson versus SGA showdown in those final three minutes to decide the game, I'm all for it. I think that's probably where we're going to be. I don't know what the spread is, but I would imagine this is a five, six, seven point game at the end of the night. I agree. It's going to be a five, six point game at the end. It's coming down to SGA and Jalen Brunson. Oh yeah. I feel I feel I feel that I feel like that is what we're poised for for tonight. Um, I'm going in that direction as well. I know you're going to choose your Thunder. I know I'm going to choose my Knicks, of course. Like, there's no there's no reason why I'm going to ask you like who you believe is going to win. But Jacob, I appreciate you joining me on the show today. Please let our listeners know where they can find you if you got any up and coming work that we should be on the lookout for. For sure, I really appreciate the invite. I've had a blast today. If you guys are interested in any Thunder coverage, uh, a podcast for the Uncontested, we're all over social media. We're on YouTube. We're on anywhere you can find your podcasts at. We podcast after every Thunder game and every Sunday and Wednesday night, regardless if there's a game or not. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Niffen. That's K-N-I-F-F-E-N. I tweet a lot of a lot of Thunder, a lot of NBA, just a lot of random stuff. So if you're interested in some Thunder perspective tonight, feel free to, to check out me and the Uncontested. And once again, thank you, Jacob Niffen, for joining us today to preview this game between the New York Knicks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. They'll be playing at OKC tonight. All right, so make sure to tune in at 8 p.m. to catch this game. We are doing play-by-play, so make sure to tune into that. We'll ha- I don't know who's going to be covering it tonight, but make sure to tune in at 8 p.m. Uh, to watch the play-by-play. And, of course, we're going to have post-game coverage, so we'll be there as well. 
for this game coverage. That's all we do here at Knicks Fan TV. Come on, guys. That's all we do. We got you covered 24-7. Knicks talk. We bring on great guests to break down these games for you. So make sure to always tap in and support the channel. And by doing that, there's a simple way to do so. Hit that subscribe button and also hit that thumbs up button for your boys. That's the easiest way to do to support us and share these links, share these videos. And if you can't catch these games, these shows live, you can always catch them on the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio listening platform. Make sure to subscribe there and download uh, the, the download the content. Also, make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. We've got a bunch of great writers. You can catch, get even more content over there. Always covering the game to, uh, in detail. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFT, KFTV to get up to a $100 match. And guys, salute to Knicks Nation. Salute to everybody for tuning in. Salute to all the franchise channel members. We'll catch you later today. But when the Knicks face the Oklahoma City Thunder for play-by-play and post-game, we out.